Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright. You're about to hear Success Profiles Radio. I just want to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Now let's start the show. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hi, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing and fantastic show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It's going to be really fantastic. As always, I want to take a brief minute or so to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. I am thankful for opportunities to do things that I love to do. One of those things is being on other people's shows. I recently had a chance to be on a podcast of someone I connected to very recently, and the show is called Conversations with Passion. When you make an effort to surround yourself with cool and awesome people, the universe will bring those people to you when you have a chance to discuss things that excite you, projects that you've done, what your mission in life is, and what your long-term aspirations are. That's a huge blessing, but not everyone has a clear handle on those items. How about you? What excites you? What energizes you? What are you most passionate about in life? And how can you find a way to do those things every day? Your answers to those questions will go a long way toward fulfilling your purpose. If you haven't thought about those things, I encourage you to do so. You will be so glad you did. And with all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. His name is Evan Carmichael. Let me tell you about him. Evan believes in helping entrepreneurs. When he was 19, he built and then sold a biotech software company. When he was 22, he was a venture capitalist, helping to raise $500,000 to $15 million. He now runs EvanCarmichael.com, which is a popular website for entrepreneurs. His aim is to help 1 billion entrepreneurs and change the world. He's been recognized by Inc. as one of the top 25 social media keynote speakers to know, by Forbes as one of the world's top 40 social marketing talents, and again by Inc. as one of the 100 greatest leadership speakers. We have so much to talk about and not a lot of time. So with that, let's just go straight away to my guest, Evan Carmichael. Evan, how are you today? I'm great, Brian. Thank you for the love, man. All right. Always, always, always. I've been watching your YouTube channel. I have one of your books called The Top 10 Rules for Success. And uh, a lot of your work resonates with the kind of work that I do. So I've been excited about this show for a while. So since we don't have a ton of time, you don't have the full hour, which is fine. Uh, we'll make the most of it. So let me just ask you straight away, why did you decide to become an entrepreneur, Evan? I had a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies growing up, but being 39 years old now, when I was figuring out what I wanted to do, entrepreneurship wasn't in the lexicon. It wasn't a thing that people did, really. Uh, I didn't have entrepreneurs in my family either. You had to be super weird, crazy duck to be an entrepreneur 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I did baseball cards and garage sales and that kind of stuff, but and I just knew that I wanted something more. Um, but I didn't know where it would go. In my high school yearbook, it said we we're going to be in 10 years, and it said VP at a bank for me because I like I like money, and I wanted yeah. to figure out how to make it, and so I thought banks were the way to go. Um, and then I, I became an entrepreneur really when I was in my first year of university, um, and I connected with two other entrepreneurs who had started a business, 
in the hardest decision of my life was trying to decide between taking that six figure banking job and traveling around the world or be an entrepreneur and own 30% of a startup and make $300 a month. And I just knew that I didn't want to live with regret that I needed to probably fail. I thought I didn't know that it was going to work. Most entrepreneurs projects don't, but I would rather know and fail than not know. Absolutely. How has failure impacted your career? Tremendously. I fail all the time, man. I mean, I'm failing today. Uh, I, I expect to fail at most things and that gives me the permission to try. Yeah. And so it sounds like you look forward to it because you know that success is right around the corner. Um, I don't know if I look forward to it. I just expect it. I yeah. just expect it and I let myself off the hook. I think too many people expect to win the first time out. And then when they don't, they quit and they say, well, I suck at this. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they take it personally. Well, if I suck at that, then I suck as a person. It's like, you just don't have the skills yet. That's okay. How do you get the skills? By doing it again and practicing and improving. Absolutely. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have about entrepreneurship? That it's easy, um, but that you just have to hop on a trend and, and you'll win. Um, that you're going to be great the first time out. I think that's what stops a lot of people. Um, and then, then it leads to a lot of negative spots and, and, and depression and just really bad places because they don't hit it right away from their first thing and they don't understand why. Yeah. How important is it to be willing to bet on yourself? A lot of people aren't willing to do that. It's the whole game. Yeah. What, what's the alternative? You're going you're gonna to do what other people want you to do. So you have to decide. Is it your life or somebody else's version of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to ask, how do you get so much done? What are some of your biggest productivity secrets? I, I work like you ask questions. Meaning like you're firing off that I've been doing interviews and podcasts all day and I've been asked more questions in, in two minutes than anybody. I love it. This is great. Uh, focus, focus. Like I have different things for different days. So Thursday, we're having this interview on a Thursday is my public facing day. So I do interviews and hangouts and podcasts and I'm, I'm naturally an introvert that probably doesn't come out on a Thursday. Um, and so I, I put my extrovert hat on and I go from one to the next and next and next and next. And then Wednesday is my project day. So I spent all of yesterday working on my new book and I don't want to bounce between different energies. I don't want to bounce between having to do an interview and then going and writing my book because if you're doing creative work, you need to, at least I think, have chunks of yeah. time to be able to yeah. work on the thing that you want to do. Uh, I think most people feel like they're working really hard. I think most people are working really hard, but then they get at the end of the week and it's like, what did I do this week? I don't even know what I worked on. Uh, because you're bouncing between different energies too much and not focused enough. Right. That mirrors something that Jack Canfield said in his book, The Success Principles. He plans his week very much like you just said. He'll designate one or two days a week where all he does is write. He'll designate one or two days a week where all he does is interviews. Was that a was that a, a pattern that you were emulating or is that something that you just came up with on your own? That's cool. I didn't know that about a Jack. Um, I just found that I was getting pulled in too many different directions. Yeah. And I, I think people in general have a hard time switching tasks. I know for me that I, I super struggle with it. If I'm writing the book and then we do this interview, mm -hmm. I, I'm pumped and, and we have a great interview. But then for me to get back to my book, it's going to take me two hours just to get back to where I was. Right. And, and then you're not productive. And so uh, I just like having different things on different days. The other, the other thing that people don't talk about with that strategy too is you miss it. Like I like to miss my work. Yeah. So 
Thursday is my public facing day. I'm going to do interviews and podcasts and, and hangouts and a workshop tonight in Toronto and this the whole day. Yeah. And then, and then I'm not going to do it again until next Thursday. Yeah. So, so come next Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to be really like, I can't wait to do my next public facing day. Like when's Thursday coming along? And then, right. so that creates anticipation for every day. Right? Yeah. I do different things on different days. And I think another beautiful part about that strategy is, I mean, I have a, several different things going on too. I go write books for people. I write my own books. I do my show. I do my magazine. Sometimes when I'm writing, working on someone else's book, I get stuck. And mm-hmm. so the thing I do is I leave it alone for a couple of days and I go do something else. And when I come back to it, it just flies right off my fingers. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, where was this on Tuesday? Right. It, it's amazing. So yeah, I mean, I love having more than one thing that I can bounce around and, and just compartmentalizing things like you just said is actually really brilliant. The next thing I want to ask you, I've heard you say that you believe that everyone has Michael Jordan level talent. Mm-hmm. I, I've always said that I think everyone does have something that they have a world-class talent in, but I want to ask you, why do you think that people don't operate as if they do? Cause they're afraid. Yeah. Just to your point before about why don't people go all in on themselves? Yeah. We're afraid mostly because the thing that you're a genius at, the thing that you have, Michael Jordan level talent is likely something different than what's in your immediate environment. It's not what your parents did. It's not what your friends are doing. And so the willingness to step outside of that circle and say, you guys see success as this, but I see it as something totally different is really hard for most people. And so we end up settling too soon. You take the first or second thing that you get offered to you, and then you end up hating your life. I I think. Yeah. 95% 95% of America wakes up and drives to the job that they hate, but they're all geniuses. You just mm-hmm. have to find the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about YouTube. You are so omnipresent on YouTube, it seems like. Uh, when I'm listening to motivational stuff and there's the the side panel on the right where YouTube is recommending videos almost all the time, at least one of yours is there because I've watched your, some of your videos. It's fantastic. Your YouTube channel has over almost 2 million subscribers. I checked this last night. How mind blowing is that for you? how did you make that happen? Uh, 10 years of working every day on it. Uh, mm. I guess to be fair, it was five years of taking it seriously where I was doing three videos plus a day. I've done that for five years through everything. I mean, through sickness, through breaking my neck, through everything, mm. uh, Five, three videos a day at least for five years. Uh, for the number, it's honestly hard to quantify. What does that even mean? I mean, 300 plus million people have seen my videos. It's crazy. It doesn't even, it's hard to quantify, at least for me. So um, I like doing what I call big why, little why. And the big why is the mission, the vision, what you're trying to accomplish. I want to help a billion entrepreneurs. I have this big dream that I'm trying to do. And sometimes that seems too far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the little why is, is, it's the daily. It's just like, is beautiful, amazing comments like yours and, mm-hmm. and a, a single comment on a video that makes me remember, Hey, what I do is really important. Yeah. So I think having that mix of big, why little, why is really helpful. Yeah. How do you promote your videos and get people to come to your YouTube channel? The biggest way to do it is suggested videos. It's exactly what you said in that. I want to be showing up down the right side of the other people's videos as well as my own. That's how the big channels grow. It's not a search game. It's a suggested and browse game. So your goal, if you're trying to start a YouTube channel, would be to try to first rank against your own videos. So when somebody is watching your video, they're going to watch five more of them. And then if you can build that pattern within YouTube, they'll start to recommend you against other people's videos. And that's where the real growth comes. 
Mm. Do you do paid advertising at all on YouTube? Not for subscribers. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really work. Um, the only the only version we'll do for subscribers. If you if you're trying to promote a product or a program or something, absolutely. Um, I have eight channels on YouTube, and so what I'll do is, in terms of paid for my smaller channels, I'll I'll run an ad against my audience of my main channel. Mm, that's and fantastic. So people will find me that way. But in general, mo- most of the growth that happens on my channel and everybody else is is not paid. It's organic, uh, s- except for Ty Lopez, probably yeah. the only one that comes to mind who had massive growth from subscribe uh, from paid ads. But when he stops running the ads, his channel starts to tank. Yeah, absolutely. I personally enjoy your videos about the top 10 rules for well-known entrepreneurs and celebrities. How did you get the idea to start doing that? It was a one-off thing, to be honest. Um, it was a buddy of mine, Mark, a close friend for a decade plus, who wrote a blog post uh, um, basically attacking Kanye West. And I've adopted the mindset that I want to learn from people that I don't agree with everything on. And I think you can learn a lot from Kanye. I think you may not like him for a lot of the things that he says and does, but you can learn from him. He's he's won more Grammy Awards than anybody at his age at the time. He went from being a producer to a, a singer to an entrepreneur. And there's a lot of great things that you could and should learn from him. And I made my first top 10 on Kanye West just as a as a watch this Mark kind of video for my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, people loved it. And then they said, hey, can you do Jay-Z? Hey, can you do a bunch of these people? So it became a weekly thing and then a bi-weekly thing and then a five days a week thing when I had 2,000 plus requests for people saying, hey, can you do this person? And and I got an education because a lot of the people that I profile, I knew zero about. And uh, it was great to be able to learn about them. So it just started as a test. And I'm a big believer in you have to go from idea to action. Just one small thing that might have seemed like a distraction because it was. It wasn't what I was doing. It was a distraction project at the time that then became the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. So I've watched some of these videos. What you do is you – I mean you do a lot of research obviously because you're taking clips of other people interviewing them or clips of speeches that they've done and you've extracted some of the very best wisdom that they've ever talked about online how much research goes into making a 30-minute video so it depends on who we're doing um and if we've done them before so some people like gary vaynerchuk we've been working with for a number of years and he's he's usually pretty easy to create it on one because he has so much content and two because we've done so many on him already that we know the style and what to look for Uh, and he speaks well and he's got a lot of powerful opinions yeah someone like elon musk is brutal. Uh, and we've done a lot on him, but a lot of the questions he gets asked in interviews are not interesting, at least for me and my audience. Right. You know, Tesla's stock price is not going to be something that I super care about turning into a rule. Yeah. And he's just a very slow communicator uh, and, and hard to get some good sound bites out of. So someone, someone like Elon Musk, we might spend upwards of 40 hours to make one video for that's a 20, 30 minute video. Wow, that is absolutely interesting. What is your favorite one that you've done so far? The Kanye one because it was the first. Yeah. Uh, just it, it was not meant to be some big thing. It just kind of happened, which which I love. That, that's the spontaneity of it. Um, 
there's also been a bunch of people that we haven't been able to do it on because we haven't we haven't learned like if I haven't learned something from the video, we don't post it. Right. So oh, I've absolutely. learned I've learned from all of them, just different things. Yeah. Yeah. How many of the how how many videos have you done? Over six thousand. I don't know what the exact count is, but it's wow. a lot. It's a lot of videos. That is absolutely amazing. I suppose after a while, some common themes begin to emerge from the people that you've studied. What might some of those common themes be? Yeah, and it's interesting because when I started, I only did entrepreneurs. And then the first non-entrepreneur I did was Michael Jordan. Even though mm -hmm. he's a billionaire, even though he's an entrepreneur, he's not known as an entrepreneur. You know him for his sports. Right. And when we looked at his story, we thought, you know what? He's actually saying a lot of the same things that the entrepreneurs are saying. And it's much more about success than it is about business. And so belief in yourself is is common. Like people believed in themselves and their abilities when nobody else did. Being able to just get started and get out of your own way and stop trying to be a perfectionist and just launch that thing. Dealing with negativity and haters and pushing through even when it's not working out. Having an absolute passion for the thing that you're doing that gets you up out of bed, work on the thing, even when it doesn't make logical sense to keep going. These are yeah. themes, whether it's entrepreneurship or athletics or, or musicians or inventors that just cross the line of success in, yeah. across all different fields. Yeah. And you have done something that I think is brilliant. I preach about creating and repurposing content in as many different ways as possible. And you repurposed some of this video content into a book called The Top 10 Rules for Success, which I have and I love. Anyone listening, get it. It's on Amazon. Evan Carmichael, The Top 10 Rules for Success. If you, for example, don't want to spend hours and hours and hours watching video, you should because these are great. But if you would just rather read instead, because we all have different learning styles, and I think that is also really brilliant, get the mm -hmm. book, The Top 10. 10 Rules for Success by Evan Carmichael. It's brilliant. It's awesome. Get it right now. So um, how did you get the idea to put this into a book? Exactly what you're saying. People's learning styles are different. Some people wanted to read it as a book more than watch a video. Uh, that book was designed to basically read one page a day. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be read like a book like you'd normally read a book. The idea is read one page a day. On that page, you'll find two lessons from the 40 most popular successful people that we profiled. So from, from my channel, we've done all these videos. The 40 most popular ones, I condensed their rules down into the book. So it's 400 rules. We start with what the most common 10 rules are across these 400. Uh, but then the idea is every day you get two rules on one page. And, and the whole point is to inject yourself with a little bit more believe every day. Because if you just read the book straight out, you'll you'll have a, a burst of motivation. It'll be amazing. But then it's easy to fall back down to where you were before. And so the intent is every day, just a little bit extra, a little bit more, a little bit to feed that uh, motivation and belief in yourself. And uh, it, I, that's why I did it. Just People's learning styles are different, and I thought it'd be a cool project to try. Absolutely. So we talked about belief and we've talked about confidence a little bit. I'd like to ask, how do you develop confidence? By doing difficult things. Mm. Your confidence comes by doing difficult things. It's not the results. It's not winning. It's trying. I think people tie their self-worth too much to winning. And as a result, you only take on projects that you know you're going to win at. And so and thus you play small for life. But if you tie your self-worth to trying then you'll try a whole bunch of different things that are difficult. Your goals don't count until they're hard. Whatever mm. <laughs> You like that one? Whatever I do. You're, whatever you're working on, 
it's going to get hard at some point. If it's any, if it's a meaningful goal, if it's I'm going to brush my teeth every morning, great. You might post about it on Instagram, but it doesn't feel like a win because it's too easy for you. So uh, along your journey, you're going to have you're going to have difficulties. Your goals don't actually count until you face those difficulties, and then that's when you hit a new level. Because even if you fail, even if it doesn't work out, if you're trying to get somebody on your podcast and and it, you're so nervous that it becomes the worst interview of all time. I celebrate the fact that you were willing to try, yeah. not how good that interview was. Yeah. And so if you – here's what. If people woke up every day and did work that they were proud of, and, and what makes you proud is different. It's, it's an individual thing. What makes you proud versus me is different, and your listeners too. But if you woke up every day and did the work that made you proud, you put your head on the pillow at night and say, I'm, I'm proud of the effort I put in, I guarantee you, you will get some serious results. Yeah. Absolutely. I would love to ask, we probably have about five minutes or so until the end. How did you start your speaking career? Um, I got asked as a young entrepreneur, I sold my business when I was 22, had some success, and I got asked just to share my story. And I liked it. I thought it was fun. And then I just kept getting asked. Uh, as I make more videos, people see my face, they hear the message, they listen to these kind of interviews that I do on, on podcasts and radio shows, and they say, hey, can you come speak at XYZ event? The, the secret to speaking is to speak. Yeah. Right? Like if you want to develop a speaking career, you should be speaking every week for free. Just yes. just, to, just to get going. Make a YouTube video every day. You should be making a YouTube video every day with your thoughts. And don't worry about the editing and the fancy intro and extra. And all. Just speak because yeah. that's what you have Michael Jordan level talent at. And somebody will notice it. And then you'll be able to build your career and then hire people to help you with the editing and producing and all that stuff. But most people end up training the wrong skill. They, they create a podcast or they create a YouTube video, but it, they speak, they speak, they take maybe 20 minutes to actually make it and then four hours editing it. You're yeah. training the wrong skill. You don't want to be an editor, but yeah. you're spending four hours on this thing, right? Yeah. So if you want to be a speaker every single day, 10 minutes plus video on YouTube and be, and be speaking in front of a group of people for free every week until you start getting callbacks. Absolutely. So that's some really, really fantastic advice. I also know that you put on events uh, in Toronto, where you're from, and you also do little evenings everywhere, like all over the place. Um, you've got an event coming up in Toronto in September called Thought Leadership Academy, September 25th through the 27th. Tell us just a little bit about yeah. that. He's doing his homework. I love it. Yep. Um, the idea here is what could I do if I got somebody for three days? So the intention is I want to take people who want to be thought leaders, who, who have ideas, who have information, who have a technique, a process that needs to get out into the world. You want to help people, but you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to build momentum. You don't know how to create content well. You don't know how to boost the traffic to, to the content you're creating. The idea here is I take 15 people who all have a life-changing mission. They want to be thought leaders. They come to Toronto, and you're with me and my team for three full days and not just classroom learning, but doing it. So it's going to be, let's, here, tell tell me your story. And then we're going to film it with my crew. And I'm behind the camera with my team guiding you to say, no, fix this, change that, do it again. And they're full days. It's, it's you know, eight in the morning to eight at night. And um, just try to get people as far as humanly possible in a small group, 15 people, to turn you into a thought leader that can then go have a huge impact on the world. Absolutely. That's great. We've got three minutes until the end. What is the most challenging part about putting an event together? Lack of belief mm. that it's going to work. Most people don't even start the event. You know yeah. you could do an event, but you don't believe that you're going to sell it. You don't pe yeah. believe people will sign up. You don't believe you're good enough to deserve it. 
It's not the logistics. It's the lack of belief. There you go. What's the biggest risk you've ever taken in business? Doing a paid tour across the United States earlier this year, 90 days, 23 cities, when my greatest fear is letting people down and disappointing them. Uh, and then now facing that fear every four days in a different city. Wow. So the question I ask everyone toward the end of the show, Evan, who inspires and motivates you? Um, as a human, my parents, they taught me that I'm Evan Castrilli Carmichael and I can do anything I believe that I can. And they're a source of just how to be a good human being. In terms of entrepreneurship, my favorite entrepreneur is A.P. Giannini, who started the Bank of America. Uh, he's the Believe Banker. He would lend money to – he was the first guy to lend money to immigrants when nobody wanted to. He would lend money based off a, of a handshake and a look in their eye, if you can imagine a banker giving you money based off of a handshake. Uh, and then from that, I, I, from there, everybody that I profile, I've learned something from. Wow, that's fantastic. And where can we find you and learn more about you? How can we vibe and tribe with you? Uh, if you want the books, you can go to Amazon, easiest spot. If you want to come to the workshop, just look up Thought Leadership Academy. Uh, and if you want to find my videos, Evan Carmichael on YouTube. Final thoughts? Final thoughts is I want to recognize you, man. Um, and I didn't have so much too much context coming in. And I loved your intro. You were using words like thankful and honored and universe and blessing, which is a totally different vibe from most of the business podcasts and shows that I go on. And then – you do a great job of asking great questions, but then also holding the space and you're a really fantastic listener. And, and this you. has been, um, I mean, I've been doing podcast interviews all day long and this has been a special treat for me. So just want to acknowledge you for that. I appreciate you. And thank you. I appreciate you too. Thank you, Evan Carmichael for being here and we will continue the show right after this and please stay with us. Success Profiles Radio coming back on the other side. We'll be right back. motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright, Success Profiles Radio, and I just want to let you know something. Togenet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Toginet Radio. We've negotiated special rates just for you at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to www.BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Sign up and enjoy the discounts right now. Once again, that is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. 
If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Thank you so much for listening. In the first half of the show, you heard Evan Carmichael. And again, get his book, The Top 10 Rules for Success. Check out his YouTube channel, Evan Carmichael. He's got almost 2 million subscribers. The man is doing amazing and awesome work in the world. And I've been inspired by him for a while. I watch his videos on a somewhat regular basis, and I, I get a lot out of it. And so if you want some daily motivation and you've got 20 or 30 minutes at the beginning of your day and you want to learn from somebody who is a mentor, he's interviewed, you know, he's done 6,000 of these videos. You could go on for days just watching his stuff alone. You can learn a lot about uh, some of the people that he has studied, and he shows that to the world, and I'm so happy and grateful. And also, if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, what are you waiting for? Please do it. We've gotten a lot of great feedback. We've had over 325 episodes. We've been doing this since January of 2012, and no plans to stop anytime soon. I want to talk about some things for the rest of the show that I, I hope will motivate and inspire you to greatness. I am participating in an abundance challenge on Facebook. A good friend of mine, Michael Cornell, is doing a, a an abundance challenge, a 21 day abundance challenge where it's in a Facebook chat and he gives us our assignment every day at two 30 Eastern. And when we're done, we say day one, complete day, complete day two complete, whatever day we're on. And I'll give you the first challenge that he gave the group on Monday, name 50 people who have had an impact in your life, a positive impact in your life. You might think 50, God, that's a lot, but you know what? You start thinking about some of the people that have been in your life, whether current or in the past, whether it's your parents, whether it's family members, whether it's teachers that you've had in school, whether it's people that you consider to be best friends with in college, your employer, people you've worked with, books that you've read, people who have written the books that you've read, even people whose podcasts you listen to. I can tell you I had an advantage because I've interviewed over 325 people on my show. I could have just picked 50 people and said, I'm done. That would have felt a little like cheating <laughs> because not everyone has that advantage. I picked probably five or 10 people that I interviewed, but I found other people in my life that I wanted to highlight. And I'll tell you, uh, my mom and dad are amazing. They've been together my whole life. So we've had the nuclear family going my whole life. And I'll tell you what, they worked really hard to give us a life that we uh, have been able to enjoy. Dad made you know pretty good money doing what he did. And I started thinking, what is it that helped him do that? He was determined and he's still with us. His birthday was yesterday, actually. And I called my parents last night before they went to bed, but he's determined He's very driven. He has goals. He does not give up. When things get tough, he just finds another way. And that is something that really inspires me because sometimes when you are in the muck of everything, it's hard. You want to give up. You want to crawl into a corner and suck your thumb and say, okay, day, go away. Just turn out the lights. Let me go to sleep. It's easy to want to do that, but true champions don't do that. They continue, they continue going even 
when it gets really hard. Someone else who really inspired me is a professor that I had in college. His name is Dr. Paul Kaufman at Iowa State University. And I was considering whether or not I wanted to go to graduate school or not, because I was looking at my studies, my classes that I had coming up. I was in the program where I was tracking toward becoming a high school teacher, and it was a five-year program. But in the fall semester of my fourth year, I started looking, and I asked myself, what if I decided to go to graduate school, and I removed the high school teaching classes from my curriculum? I realized I could graduate that spring. And so the idea of graduating in four years instead of five was pretty attractive and started sort of thinking about it. I started asking people, you know, what do you think I should do? And I finally talked with Dr. Kaufman. He went to graduate school in Nebraska, which is where I ended up going to. And I was thinking about it at the time. He said something really profound and very, very interesting. He said, Brian, you can continue to gather as much information as you want, but you must eventually decide what you're going to do. And once you've made that decision, chances are you will learn new information that may have impacted your decision, but that's a rabbit hole that you can keep crawling down forever. So just choose something, make a commitment to a choice, and then go. And it was in that moment that I decided I'm going to go to graduate school and I'm going to graduate in four years. And I did. And I had a great experience. But just that piece of advice is something that years later I still carry with me. You can gather as much information as you want, but eventually you must make a decision. And once you do, commit to it and don't look back, even if you get brand new information later. And you can't kick yourself in the fanny for not knowing that information because that information didn't come to you in the time frame that you were looking at. So make a choice and move on. Let me talk to you for a while about some of the characteristics of great champions. I've interviewed a lot of people on the show, like I've mentioned, and I want to talk to you about some of the common themes that some of my great guests have said. And Evan and I talked about this a little bit earlier. You succeed by failing. Very often you are going to succeed by failing a lot. And many people don't succeed because they are afraid to fail. And just like Evan and I talked about, some people just think too small and they don't want to get in the game. They want to do it safe. But true champions life, people who accomplish great things in life don't operate that way. They are not afraid to get into the ring and go for it. You will get knocked down. But I'll tell you what, in boxing, for example, you get a 10 count. As long as you get up before the referee counts to 10, you're still in the game. So take as much time as you need. Just don't wait until 10 because then the game is over. So you might succeed, but you're going to fail a lot along the way. And I'll give you some examples. For me, when I was in college, I knew that I was a good writer. I'm a professional writer now in my career. I tested out of the first semester of English in college. So I entered the second semester class of English at Iowa State. And when I turned in my first paper, I thought it was pretty good. I get my paper back from my professor, and I saw a letter at the top of the page that I did not recognize and had never seen before, and it was lower than a D. I'm not used to failing academically at anything, but I failed my first paper in college. I was beyond devastated. There were tears. I admit it. There were tears. I sat in my professor's office, and I said, what can I do to make this better? I want another chance. And she said, I'll tell you what. If you rewrite this paper and it is substantially better, I will give you that grade instead of this one. I redid the paper. I got a B plus. So I was so happy. And I ended up getting a B plus in the class, which is far more acceptable. But I'll tell you what, I failed that first paper. If I would have been afraid to try again, 
nothing positive would have come out of it. But I tried again. I asked for another chance, and it was much, much better. And I asked, what can I do to make this thing better? And she told me. She gave me some very good steps. And that's the other thing that great champions do is when you ask for feedback, take it and use it. Don't be that person who asks for advice and then decides to do the opposite because you think you know better anyway. Well, then why did you ask? If you think you know better than the person who's the expert, then why did you even ask if you're not going to take that person's advice? It just seems silly and stupid. Another great example, Thomas Edison, when he was trying to perfect the light bulb, he tried 10,000 times before he got it to work correctly. Now, a lot of people would say that he failed 10,000 times, but he didn't see it that way. He just saw it as 10,000 different ways that it didn't work, and he documented all of them. Because when you try something that many times, chances are you are going to be tempted to try something the same way again and hope that it works. That's the definition of insanity. If you keep doing the same things over and over and over again and hope that it finally just magically works, that's insanity. So he wrote down what he did that didn't work, and he just resolved to not do those things again. What a great idea. Colonel Sanders, when he reached retirement and got his Social Security check, he realized this is not going to work for me. It wasn't very big. And so he decided that he needed to come up with a plan in his retirement to make some money. Now, his Michael Jordan skill was making chicken. And so what he did was he went to restaurants and tried to sell his chicken recipe. And he had over a thousand rejections for his chicken recipe before someone finally said yes. And his deal was, I'll sell you the recipe and I take a piece of the sales and people weren't willing to do that, but it only took one person to say yes. So just think about this. If you are trying to get something done, if you're asking people for money, if you're trying to make a sale, if you're trying to find a sponsor, it only takes that first person to say yes and you are off to the races. So that is how Colonel Sanders started his chicken career. Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield co-wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. They took their book to 144 publishers before finally getting a publishing deal. How many of us, after writing a book, would be willing to hear no that many times? It's not 1,000 and it's not 10,000, but if you have 144 people tell you that your book isn't worth anything, that can be really deflating and very debilitating to a lot of people, but they did not give up. In fact, they went to a book expo and they were pitching the idea for Chicken Soup for the Soul, a bunch of inspirational and motivational stories, and finally... One publisher said, you know what? I'll take a chance on this. It's something different. No one else is doing this. I'm willing to do it. And that publisher saying yes was very handsomely rewarded because all of the titles in the Chicken Soup for the Soul brand have sold collectively, I believe, over 600 million copies. And their goal is to sell a billion copies of Chicken Soup books before they're done. They are going to get there. It's just absolutely amazing the fortitude that these guys had. And Jack Canfield's been on my show. In fact, he was one of the people that was featured in my Success Profiles Conversations with High Achievers book, which you can get on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble. But I just love and admire the fact that they just did not quit. Something else that great champions do is they have a vision. They know what they want their life and their business to look like. A lot of people just fly by the seat of their pants and decide to take whatever life throws at them. But you don't become a great champion without taking control of what's going on around you. I changed my mind about my major in college a couple times. I've changed my career several times. But here's something that you need to ask yourself. If you could do anything in life, what would it be? How can you get there? Who do you know who can help you? 
what resources do you need to meet the goals that you have or to accomplish your dreams? You take a look at someone like the Wright brothers. Their dream was to build something that could fly. And so after many, many tries, they built the first successful airplane. Gene Roddenberry, after many failures, succeeded in creating Star Trek. And look at what a big franchise this is now. That has exploded over the last 50 or so years. And those guys have their claim to fame and they're remembered for what they have created. You will never be remembered for what you didn't do. You will always be remembered for what you did do. We are coming up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio, and I encourage you to stay with us. We've got one more segment until the end, and I'm talking today about some of the things that great champions do. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will come right back. and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And in the first half of the show, you heard me talk to Evan Carmichael about what he did to become successful, he has a YouTube channel that has almost 2 million subscribers, and he researches great achievers. Go to YouTube and look up Evan Carmichael. You will be so glad you did. And uh, check out his books on Amazon. He's absolutely amazing. If you missed part of this show, go back and listen to the rest of it. It's fantastic. And if you have not picked up my book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble. You'll find it. And if you don't find it, ask them to order it for you, and they will gladly do it. Also, download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes. It's free. Leave a review. That would be absolutely fantastic. We're talking about some of the characteristics of great champions. Another characteristic of great champions is they pay very close attention to who they hang around with. Jim Rohn says that you are the average of the five people you hang around with the most. Income, attitudes, worldviews. If you are looking to become a multimillionaire, you better be hanging around people who have money because that's what they talk about. They talk about having money. They talk about building income. They talk about investing. And those are the conversations you want to have with people if you're looking to make a lot of money. You don't want to hang around with your broke friends who sit on the couch and eat you know, chicken, chips, bonbon, ice cream, cookies on their couch, while watching trash television at night, you're not going to get rich doing those things. I don't know anyone who gets paid to do those things. So you are the average of the five people you hang around with. If you're looking to get in shape, you better be hanging around five people who are in shape 
and can give you advice as to what they've done and to how you can do it too. If you hang around with five fat slobs, guess what? You probably will be too. So be very mindful of the people you hang around with. It affects your income. It affects your attitude. It affects your career. It affects your family. It affects everything around you. Great champions do not tolerate negative influences. If there are people in your life who are constantly negative, you need to do what you can to either get away from them or to minimize their influence in life. You don't have to talk to people who bring you down and be very, very aware. How do you feel about yourself after you get done talking with certain people? Do you feel better about yourself or do you feel worse? Do you feel better about the person you've just talked to or do you feel worse? Be very cognizant of that and monitor that. Just be very, take very close stock of how you feel after talking to certain people. And that is your clue as to whether you should be spending time with them or not. You have to have a foundation of positive forces in your life. Do the people in your life contribute to their happiness, to contribute to your happiness, or do they subtract from it? I'm going to say that one more time. Do the people in your life that you hang out with contribute to your happiness, or do they subtract from it? It's a very, very important question to ask yourself. Other things that great champions do is they are absolutely fantastic problem solvers. People who are successful in business, for example, don't just look for ways to make money. They look for problems to solve, and that's where they start. What great problem is there out there that bugs the heck out of you, and is there a way to make money by fixing it? You take a look at people who've done great things. I mean, the person who invented the post note had to be absolutely brilliant because that person probably thought, I am so sick of having spare pieces of paper sitting around where I can never find them again. Have you ever had that experience? I do. I've got posting notes on my desk. I also have pieces of spare paper sitting around on my desk, and I have to look for it. But the person who invented the posting note who had the idea of putting adhesive on the back of a little square so that you can post it on the wall, on the refrigerator, on your desk, or wherever – where you can find it easily, that person has done very well. I don't know their name. I didn't do the research on that. That just came to me right off the top of my head. But the idea is, if you're going to solve problems, think about what is it that irritates you? What problem out there can you solve and how can you make money doing it? And here's a really good way to do that. For example, when I first wrote my first book, Student Leadership Strategies, 21 Easy Ways to Become a Center of Influence in my group, I wanted to write a leadership book, but I wasn't sure what topics I wanted to cover. And so I sat outside on my patio on a Sunday morning with a legal pad, and I wrote a question at the top of my legal pad, what makes an excellent leader? My goal was to come up with at least 20 answers to that question. I came up with 30, and as I started writing my book, some of those topics began to merge and coalesce because they were pretty similar. I ended up with 21 chapters anyway when I was done. I had 21 separate topics that I could write about. But you have to reverse engineer this. What is the question that you want to answer? And then come up with as many different answers as you possibly can. And don't censor yourself. There is no such thing as a dumb idea. Just write down everything you can think of. And then and only then can you decide Maybe which of the top three could I look at and work with? And what is the one thing you can take action on right now? That's a great way to solve a problem. Something else that great champions do that no one else does is they have higher standards than everyone else. If you've ever read the book Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill tells a story about Henry Ford who built the V8 engine, all eight cylinders on a block. 
And at the time, it had not been created yet. His engineers said that this is really, really impossible. It cannot be done. Well, Henry Ford said, I want this anyway. And he was willing to pay his engineers to come up with. Six months later, he asked them, what have you got? We don't have anything yet. Okay, we'll keep going. I'm determined to have this no matter what. Twelve months later, he asked them again, what do you got? We still haven't figured it out yet. Keep going. The answer's out there. You need to figure this out. And shortly after that, they finally did it. Ford was determined to have his result no matter what. He had higher standards. He had a vision for a V8 engine. It had not been invented yet. He paid his team very well to come up with an answer, and it took over a year. He had deep pockets. (laughs) But he was also very, very patient. He didn't go on a firing spree. I mean, because that would have meant starting over. He was working with a crew that he trusted and had worked with him for a while. And he was going to have his result no matter what. So let me ask, how often do we work hard at something and then finally give up? Many times we have no idea how close we are to a big breakthrough. And that is so true. You lay the foundation for something. You work at it for a long time. And you decide nothing's happening, but you have no idea how close you are to a big breakthrough. Think about this. Think about a bamboo tree. You plant a bamboo seed and you water it every day for two years, three years, four years, five years, and you don't see anything. And so you think, oh, this this isn't a real seed. Nothing's going to happen here. But you keep going. You keep planting that seed and all of a sudden a sprout comes out of the ground. And then in the next six weeks, it grows 90 feet. It's amazing what can happen exponentially when you don't give up on something. And it's because you watered that seed for so long, for weeks, months, even years. And sometimes it takes a long time to break through. If you believe in something really strongly, don't give up on it. Now, don't necessarily be married to the way that you accomplish the goal, but definitely be married to the final result that you want. Sometimes you have to change your course in order to get to something that you want, but don't give up. Just always think of the bamboo tree. And I think of myself as a bamboo tree. It took a while for me to get traction after I started my show to find an audience because there's a lot of podcasts and radio shows out there. How do you find your audience? You keep promoting You keep telling people about it. You keep bringing on really amazing guests who have a large following themselves. And it really struck about three or four months into it. I had a guest who was in a multi-level marketing organization. She was very, very high up in the organization, and she had a huge downline. It was one of those deals where she said, do this, and her troop asked how high. She told people to listen to the interview, and a lot of people did. And my show had a breakthrough on iTunes. And I've been there ever since. So sometimes you just need that one extra thing. Just don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Something I talked to Dan Locke about a few weeks ago. How do you know when to turn business down? How do you know what to say yes to? He said, in the beginning, you're going to say yes to just about everything because you have to. You're just getting started. You need momentum. And then after you establish yourself, you're going to say no to a few things. But once you're very successful, you're going to say no to just about everything. It's because highly successful people are focused on what they want to accomplish. Because once you become successful, you will find that people want a piece of you. They want something from you. And they are interested in fulfilling their goals and not yours. So if someone's saying no to you, think about, are you helping them achieve their goals? Or are you simply helping them to achieve yours? People are going to say no to things that don't 
advance their purposes. And that's just human nature. But when you are building a business, you will eventually have to start saying no to a lot of things. You have to have higher standards. Your commitment to your goal is determined by what it would take to make you give up on it. Think about that for a minute. Your commitment to your goal is determined by what it would take to make you give up on it. If you are willing to give up on something very easily, you weren't very committed to that goal or that outcome, right? But if you've got something that is just burning in your heart that you want to accomplish, you're going to hear no a lot. You're going to hear a lot of kickback, people telling you it can't be done only because it's never been done. And let me say something else. If someone says it can't be done, they're not saying you can't do it. They're just simply saying that they can't do it. So again, who are you hanging around with? Are you hanging around with naysayers or are you hanging around with people who are able to help you, able to encourage you, able to lift you higher? So those are some of the things that I wanted to talk about that great champions do because there are things that make really successful people really successful and things that people don't do to become successful. And interviewing this many people, you learn to see some of the patterns. And as you noticed, I asked Evan, what were some of the the common themes. So I really enjoyed this episode of the show. I hope you did too. It was different. I didn't have one guest for the entire hour like I did. Um, I had Evan for 25 minutes and I was able to talk to you for the rest of the time. And I'm so happy and grateful that you stayed and listened. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join me every Monday when I interview a top achiever to learn what they did to succeed, what they did to overcome, and the lessons that we can learn from it. And I am so very grateful for you, my audience. I wouldn't be doing this without you listening. So thank you for listening. Join me next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And I look forward to talking with you then. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a wonderful day. It's been fun. Goodbye. part of success profiles radio with your host brian k wright each week we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life we'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds including expertise in leadership business relationships careers networking health overcoming adversity and much more for more on brian and the show check out his website briankwright.com If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.